Morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. You know they took away my mic this morning, so. You don't need it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I need some. I can't even read. I need glasses. I realized this year I need glasses. And uh, reading in the dark is not going to be good for me. Okay, uh, ladies, let me get your assistance, please. The girls are going to hand out the elements for communion this morning, and then I'm going to talk while they're handing all that out. Our 21 days of prayer and fast begins tomorrow. Last week, I challenged you as a church to show up today with something you figured you were going to fast for 21 days. Well, what does that mean, Chris? Well, 2,000 years ago, they fasted food big time because food was pretty much their 100% survived on food. Food sustained everything. Food was everything. Okay? It still is, right? When you leave here, I know that you're, half of you are already thinking or have thought about what you're going to eat for lunch. So 21 days of prayer and fasting is you giving up something that sustains you in some way. Something that feeds your soul, feeds your spirit, fires you up. Because I know that not everybody can go 21 days without food. I wouldn't suggest going 21 days without water. Uh, I think I heard somebody say once, you can last 30 days without food, three days without water, and three minutes without air, and you'll die. So I don't suggest you fast water for the next 21 days, but uh, pick something. So I did challenge that I was going to ask everybody if they had come up with something. So for everybody in the room, if you have an idea of what you're praying and fasting, I'm not, I'm not going to ask what that is. But if you know what that is, raise your hand. Now take a look around. Now I want you to see if your hand is not up. I'm not embarrassing you. I want you to see it's a good time to prepare for tomorrow because you want to know something? If we're going to grow as a church, if we're going to grow in our faith, if we're going to be more this year, it starts by doing it right in momentum. We have to create momentum. I text all the men uh, about the men's breakfast, and I use the word momentum. We need to create momentum. I have momentum, but I can only go so far. I use all my momentum in the garage. Yeah. I need help. <laughs> I do. I really do. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There's another one. There's another one. Take the napkin off. Take the napkin out. <laughs> I know, that's okay. There you go. Yay. We'll figure it out. We'll feed 5,000. So look, so it's very important, you guys, that we create momentum. A lot of men showed up to men's breakfast yesterday, the ones that got my text. Thank you, sweetie. Momentum. That's what we're creating. Thank you. I loved, uh, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved our worship this morning. And I love that Skip pointed out that we've been under attack. I like that. Boy, I really need a mic, guys. Sure you do. <laughs> sure you do. Look, you want to know something? I always tell people this. 
If you don't feel like the enemy's attacking you, that's a bad place to be. If you feel like everything is okay, that's a bad place to be. Because if the enemy's not attacking you, there's a reason he's not attacking you. Because he doesn't need to. Because he's got you. You want to know what he wants? Even if you, even if you give your life to Christ. See, this is what happens to a lot of the Christians in America. They come to church in 1997. They give their life to the Lord in 1999. They attended church pretty consistently for about a decade. They weaned off. They got upset with somebody in the church. They became offended. And by 2022, they still believe in Jesus, but they're doing absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. And you want to know what the devil loves? An immobilized Christian who doesn't save anybody else, who doesn't do anything. You want to make it to heaven? Fine. But don't do any work for the kingdom. We're going to create momentum this year. We're going to rise up. That's my theme for the year. Rise up, right? I wanted to do level up, but I knew a church that I attended. Oh, I have. There was a church I attended where level up was a theme one year. So I'm like, okay, I can't use level up. But I'll use rise up. And our, and our verse... For the year I'll read in a minute. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me, and tell them what I will show you in the future. That's Acts 26, 16. So that's our theme verse for the year. Get up and go be my servant and tell people you've seen me. Did anybody know who said that? Paul. Paul. And we're borrowing that verse from the end of the chapter in Acts, from the uh, end of the book of Acts. And today we're going to read the story where it actually happens in the beginning of Acts. Well, Acts chapter 9, beginning of, of Saul's story. But uh, before we do, everybody has their communion elements? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's read this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread... And gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, I thank you that you put yourself up on that cross and you raised yourself from the dead, Lord. You allowed your body to take the beating, Lord, for our sins, Lord. You allowed yourself to be sacrificed for us, Lord. You broke your body, Lord, for us. And we do this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, you may eat your bread. In the same way, he took the cup of grape juice after supper. It says wine here, but you have grape juice. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Father, I thank you for the bloodshed, Lord. I thank you for the new covenant that you've given us, Lord. It takes us out from under the original law, Lord. And you've given us a new law, Lord, a new commandment, Lord, a new way to live, Lord. Salvation is through you, Lord, and you alone. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. You may drink the cup. All right. So, you ever judge anybody that's new to church? You ever been, you remember when you were new at church and you felt judged? You felt awkward, out of place, uncomfortable. I don't belong here. I'm not worthy. I've sinned a little bit more than everybody else. 
I don't think in 2022 any of us could have qualified ourselves to say I'm disqualified from taking the gospel as Paul was 2,000 years ago when he was called. I hear it said a lot. Paul was a murderer of Christians. Show me in my Bible or yours where it says that, where it says Paul physically murdered Christians. You want to know why I say that? Because you won't find it. The only thing that you're going to find is that he says he used to cast his vote against people that were going to be killed for Christianity. And that he himself went out and went after those people and had them arrested and he would cast his vote against them. But the Bible doesn't physically say that he himself murdered and killed Christians. You'll hear it a lot, but I'd like you to find it in there and show it to me because it's not in there. But I share that with you because let's bring it back in. Paul persecuted your faith. Imagine 2022, you live in Yuba City here, Marysville, Yuba Sutter, Calusa area, whatever. You're attending church, and we have to keep an eye out. We have a lookout, man, looking out for some car that comes down the street, and they're the Christianity police, and if they catch us meeting in here, we're going to all be arrested. Right? That's what Paul did. That's what happens in other countries, absolutely, 100%. We've been given that freedom for now to worship publicly. And some of us make a distraction of it. I'm rough around the edges. I'll call you out. Some of us are disruptive. Because sometimes we don't appreciate how good we have it. You know, and, and, and that's what I think leads to a lot of Christianity where we forget. And we fill that story that attended in 97, saved 99, attended church for 10 years, got offended by somebody, fell out of it. COVID happened. I realized I stayed home for three years. I still feel pretty good. I'm going to do things a little different from moving on. Wrong. Wrong. It's a bad place to be. You know what it sounds like? The devil's not attacking me anymore. That's what that sounds like. So um, I just thought about this rise up, this getting a momentum going into 2022. And it starts with us collectively as a church. I heard something the other day because, because none of us want to feel worthy or okay or accepted who we are to serve in any area of ministry. If I said, oh, I need somebody to come up here and sing with Skip, besides the girls who are up here singing, the first thing you're going to do is, well, I do this. I feel unworthy because of this. I'm unqualified because of this. I've got this flaw area in my life. And you think all that really quick while you come up with it and you go, you know, I'm not a really good singer. You know, and, and, and that's what we do. But there was nobody further qualified from going from, from, from going from where they were to sharing the gospel than Paul. Not in scripture anyway. We've met some people here. I, I heard about some, I was reading about some uh, drug cartel leader in South America or somewhere down Central America or something and the guy was a gang member, a drug cartel leader. He went to prison, he found Jesus and now he's a full-on gospel leader and 
goes into the prisons and shares the message of Christ, right? Like, those are insane stories. But that should be everybody's story. That should be all of our stories. And Paul, Paul's story is a lot like that. So I'm going to read it, and then I'll get into my notes. And I know you all want to go home and eat lunch. It's dark. This is totally different. We don't have screens. We didn't have... Everything's different today, and that's okay. That's opposition from Mother Nature and the wind and the storms, and we're going to be okay, right? Yes. All right. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It is in your handout. Does anybody not have a handout? Hand up. All right. There we go. Two more right here, my brother. Okay. So the reading is in the handout. I'll read it. Acts chapter 9, reading from the New Living Translation. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Oh, Chris, you just said he didn't murder anybody. Did he say he murdered anybody? He said he was eager to. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. The way was Christianity. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. You guys know how I always talk about having empathy and reading between the lines? Imagine this happening to you. Seriously. Syria would freak out. I would freak out if this happened, right? If I left to go home right now, and while my wife and I are driving down the street in my big dangerous truck, the light blinds me and I can't see. I go to pull over and some voice from the darkness starts speaking to me. I'm going to freak out. So, you know, I want you to just imagine where he's at here in the mindset. A light from, heavenly, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now, get up. Get up. And go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. <laughs> Saul's had an encounter with the Lord. Life-threatening illness. Something. Whatever that is for you. Paul's experiencing it. The, heaven, the heavenly light is shining down around him. Getting his attention. And now he's telling him, get up. And go to the city until I tell you what you're going to do. What is his response? Let's back up. What is your response? What is your response to this? Well, here's what Paul did, or Saul. It says, The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up, up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. 
Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to State Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a, vi a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Wait a minute. Right. But Lord, whoa. I'm not the new guy here, Lord. I'm your called servant. I'm faithful. You know who we're talking about here? This is the guy that we're on lookout for. This is the guy everybody warned us about. He judged him right there on the spot. <coughs> you sure we got the right guy? God, are you sure that's the guy you want to do this job? I like what Skip said earlier about being under attack. You know what I pictured? Saul, uh, Paul, when he got bit by the snake. You know what he did? You know what you do? Shake the snake. That's what it says he did. <coughs> the snake jumped up, bit him. He shook the snake and he carried on like it didn't happen. That's what we do when we're under attack. So don't let me go in the weeds. You guys know I do that. I was taught uh, in, 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 uh, in, our in some of my seminary classes, try to learn to say one thing 500 different ways, not 500 things one different way. So I always got to remember that and reel myself in because I'm good at both. BB will tell you that all the time. You just said the same thing four different ways. I get it. I'm good at that. But I also can say one thing four different ways, or four things one different way, and think I'm making sense as well. So. Okay. Okay. Okay, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the family, the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized. He has power and authority. You remember when Pastor Mark preached about that? Power is the gun. Authority is the badge. He has authority. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. <clears throat> so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Both of these guys have answered in compliance with what God wants them to do. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. Instantly. Thank you, Skip. Instantly. Bam. This is happening to you. Remember, you left church. You were riding your bicycle. Even though it's raining or windy, you were riding your bicycle. The Lord's light shone from heaven, knocked you down, because you've been coming to church here for two years, and you haven't committed to the Lord. And your heart's in a weird place, and he commands you, get up. And go do these things. I'm who I am. Now, you're going to come back to the church. You're going to ask, we're going to pray for you. And we're going to accept you. See, that's happening here in this story. Now, 
pass. It's a candle up here. <laughs> Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately he began preaching. Immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. What a conversion experience. From one extreme to the other, instantly. I'm not holding any mirrors. One extreme to the other, instantly. All who heard him were amazed. Did you know that if you go and you tell somebody about Jesus today, they'll be amazed? Did you know they took a survey of why people don't go to church and 90% of them said they were never been invited? But we don't invite our neighbor because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed or we think they're going to look at us different if we invite them. 90% of them don't come because they've never been invited. He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man? Isn't that the same dude who was asking me for change the other day? Isn't that the same guy I saw smoking a meth pipe at the Walmart parking lot, waiting for change at the stop sign with one arm, saying he was a veteran? I can't even confirm. You guys heard my, I'm going to stop right there. You guys heard my story about the time I went into Walmart and I bought the two whatchamacallits for no reason? This happened to me again this morning. We were on our way here, and I'm like, okay, and I, I loathe, I'm not going to use the word H word, I loathe the Starbucks by my house. Mm. Horrible service, always closed, a total crap shot. Just every time you go in there, I've got four drinks, I'm one guy, I'm Chris, I'm the same Chris who comes in every Sunday with four drinks and a bunch of food and you never have it in a, in a cup holder and all the food is scattered out and I have to chase people down to get a bag and a cup holder and straws and all three come in three separate. Can I help you, sirs? Mm -hmm. I loathe my Starbucks. <laughs> so I've been utilizing this Starbucks for a while now. Well, today with the power outage, I'm like, I can't risk going all the way across town. We're going to have to get Starbucks from our Starbucks. Thank you. <laughs> so I order all my food, and you guys know how I'm about food. First world problems. Quality problems, my friends. Quality problems. So you guys know how I am about food? Let me tell you what. I'm a power lifter. I want to eat. I want to eat all day. I want to eat more. I want to eat till I'm full. There's no dietary restriction. The diet is all you can eat. Right. <laughs> calories, that's all I care about. I don't care what form they come in. Chocolate shape, better. More calories. So I'm like, okay. So I order all my food from Starbucks, right? I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. We pull up to Starbucks. There's never a park open by the little uh, Filipino place that's right there. There's never a park right there. But today there's three available parking spaces. So I go to pull up, and as I'm pulling up, BB goes, oh, look at that homeless guy right there. And there's a guy laying there next to the window under his blanket. Never seen him in the parking lot before. Cold. And I go inside. And of course, I run into my typical drinks there. No cup holder. Everything's on the counter. No bag. They ask me if I need a bag, a stopper, 
and a cup holder all in the same request, which was great. Get me going. I've got somewhere to be. Important. <laughs> so I get all my stuff, you guys, and what's going on in my head? Right. I gotta feed this guy! Yes. But how am I gonna feed him one of my three things? I'm not gonna get my calories, Lord! They handed me the bag, and my heart said, you give him one of them sausage egg sandwiches, Chris. I walked outside, BB opened her doors, and I said, are you, and he was under his blanket, wait, when I came back outside, he's now under his blanket, I'm like, oh good, maybe I don't have to give him this sandwich. Right. As soon as I went up to the car and started making noise, he uncovered his head. Right, there you go. And I was like, are you hungry? He said, I am. And I gave him the sandwich. You never know that tomorrow that's not going to be the guy that God's going to strike down with blindness in the street who's going to be out telling everybody about the gospel. Amen. But we judge him, right? That happened to me this morning on the way here. It's a great part of, great to add into this message. I love God. I love the good things God does in my life. So, uh, we're going to move along here. Okay, after a while, some of the Jews plotted to kill him. They were watching for him. Da, 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 da. So all right, great, street speaking Jews. They tried to murder him. Church led peace of Jesus Galilee. All grew in numbers. Okay, now then, let's get to our notes. The last week I went on for 40 minutes and we didn't even get in these notes. This is messages carried over from last week. I didn't do these notes last week. I didn't even get to read the scripture last week. All I read was our verse of the year. And just totally got fired up on encouraging everybody to step up. It's our year to step up. Not again. Not again. <laughs> Don't go there, Chris. Get out of the weeds. <laughs> Number one on your, on your bulletin. When God calls you, answer. When Chris texts you and says, let's go to men's breakfast. Let's get some momentum going. Do you want to know what you should have done? I'm going to call you out. Do you want to know what you should have done? You should have said to yourself, I want to be there. Bill, I need your number. Yes. I need your cell number. I don't have Bill's cell number. That's why Bill, Bill did not get my text. Johnny too, which I thought about it. Johnny needs to be there, man. Johnny's on my message. I know. Oh, were you on? I'm not calling anybody out here. I'm telling you. Listen, I love pastors that have always looked me straight in the face and said something that challenged me to my core. I am the kind of person who needs to be held accountable. And if you sit there in the back and don't ask me something that I won't answer, guess what? We're never going to cover that issue. I had a friend, I'm not going too far in the weeds here. I had a friend, he smoked a lot of pot, but he was going to church and he was doing this men's ministry. And he says every week they would ask this questionnaire, it would say, did you do it? Uh, did you, did you act out of character this week? No. Did you have lustful thoughts about somebody other than your wife this week? No. Did you, were you dishonest in your work, in your life? No. And he was like, I loved it. They never asked me if I smoked pot, so we never talked about it. Duh, I'm going to challenge you. Do you know what you should have said when you saw that message come through yesterday that says time to build momentum? You should have said, I'm going to be there no matter what I can do. Unless I can't be there. Well, couldn't be there, dentist appointment. Unless you can't be there. And you want to know why I'm saying that to challenge you? Because today I get to say, you stopped your own momentum. Like it or not, I'm offending you. 
You stopped your momentum. We didn't even get started. We couldn't even take the ball, add a little snow to it, and start it on the hill. You just took your boulder and threw it behind you and went, I'm good right where I'm at. No momentum here, Chris. See you tomorrow. See him Sunday morning. I only get up once earlier on the weekends, not twice. <laughs> Mike B texts me Friday night and says, Hey, we do a men's breakfast tomorrow? I said, We sure are. I forgot all about it. But I'm going to be there. Amen. Because I'm going to encourage us to build momentum. When God calls, you answer. Pastor Chris wasn't calling you to go to breakfast yesterday. Pastor Chris was the instrument telling you to create momentum in your life for 23. Amen. Period. I'm the instrument. Stephen Furtick's wife, what'd she tell him? You're the pastor we got. Stephen Furtick, when he was here in Sacramento, he said, uh, he said him and his wife were going through this thing when they started the church 15 years ago. He's like, I just don't feel like I'm the guy. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lacking this area. I'm, I'm just not the right guy. She goes, well, you're the pastor we got. Here it is 15 years later. Well, guess what? I'm the pastor you got. I'm here. I'm the instrument. You, you stop your own momentum. But you can redeem yourself next month at the first men's breakfast on Saturday when I text you the same message. Let's keep the momentum going, guys. Oh. The ladies are killing us, guys. Oh, boy. Come on. All right, when God calls you, answer. Rise up. Once the command has been given. When God stopped Paul right where he was at in his life, right mission, living the wrong life, making bad decisions, whatever he was doing, he said, get up. And Paul got up. Sometimes the journey might be uncomfortable. It was for Paul. It's about a, I think it's like an 80 mile distance to Damascus. Who knows where along the path this happened. But now he's blind. And he's following a voice that he doesn't know. Has anybody here had the voice of God speak to you after blinding you on the street? Okay, well this happened to Paul. And he still had some flaws. But God called him. Stop judging whom God has called. You remember that Ananias? He's like, whoa, wait a minute, Lord. Are you sure we got the right guy here? Are you sure? That guy got one too many DUIs in the early 2000s. I don't have any DUIs. Never got one. Deserved one. Never got it. That guy's heart's not always in the right place. Been there. He didn't always give. Been there. He didn't always help out. Been there. He didn't want to serve. Been there. Just give me a seat in the back so I can attend. Let me punch in my God card. How's everything in your life? Oh, it's great. You know why it's great? Because the devil's not attacking me right now. Stop judging whom God has called. A, God qualifies the called. There's, a, there's a, a, a video right now circulating on social media. This is not a Pastor Chris said, it's all good. No? Wrong. There's a video circulating on social media right now with a pastor. 
and I agreed with what he said. He said this young man came up to him in a church and says, if I follow Jesus, do I need to quit smoking pot? Or he said, no. He's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe I'm using the wrong words here. Do I need to stop smoking marijuana to follow Jesus? No. Pastor, do I have to give up this big fatty if I want to follow Jesus? <laughs> he said no. He, and the video says, the guy says, I don't understand. He says, you're right, you don't understand. Do you get clean before you take a shower? No. You take a shower to get clean. You come to church, you follow Jesus, and you let Jesus work on you. Amen. You let Jesus clean you up. But you all missed the boat by not coming to men's breakfast yesterday. <laughs> we need to create some momentum in our lives. Jesus is going to work on you, but you know what it takes? You want to know what Jesus working on you looks like? Sitting at men's breakfast, getting fed by 12 men who love Jesus. Amen. And having a conversation with them. And listening to what goes on in their daily lives. That is how we build each other up. Especially with food. The Bible loves to feast. We love to feast and minister to each other. This is important. Jesus broke bread everywhere he went. Jesus broke bread. Okay? So, don't question God's purpose for a sinner. Did I do B? No. Oh, God does not call the qualified. You know how many times I see people, they're like, I'm going to, I've raised up my son. I'm the pastor of the church. This is my son. We're going to send him to seminary school. He's going to be the next to Billy Graham. Is he? That's what you want for him. God calls. God qualifies the call. Not God calls the qualified. I didn't go to a university of Baptist seminary. And spend four years there and write a, 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 a thesis for Biola. I didn't do that. God's qualified me to be this instrument today. I didn't qualify myself. Love the person God sends to our church. Love the new people, the new faces that God sends to our church. Pray, see. Oh, don't question God's purpose for a sinner. See. Don't question God's purpose for a sinner. We won't question your purpose. We know why you're here. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. He does. I want you. Come sit right here. I got a seat right here. <laughs> Perfect. So love the person God sends to our church. Right? You want to know what I see? You see disruption. You want to know what I see? I see a Chris. I see somebody that God, I see somebody that's not afraid. To live out and act out. And that's somebody that God can really use. That's right. That's right. Pray. No, sit down, buddy. Pray and heal the scales of their vision. We've got to pray for people when God brings them. 
And remember that everybody that shows up here is going to have some kind of veil or something covering their eyes. And they're going to have the enemy doing this to them. The enemy's going to be driving them crazy. Pray and heal the scales of their vision. Bullet point B, this is a fun one. Baptize them at pastor's house this summer. We need to baptize them. What did it say that Paul, what happened to Paul? When Paul showed up and Ananias prayed and the scales fell from his eyes, the next sentence is, it says he was baptized. Did I go too quick? Yes, I wish we had these screens working, guys, but that's okay. Hold up your whiteboard. Whiteboard, yeah, it's whiteboard. Hold on, everybody. We're going to take 20 more minutes. I'm going to go grab the whiteboard. <laughs> Bullet point A was pray and heal the scales of their vision. Bullet point B, baptize them at pastor's house this summer. Or, or sooner in the Twin Rivers. But I'm going to watch from the sideline. <laughs> I don't feel like getting cold. It's, it's January. But if you brought somebody new and they're ready to get baptized, we will go to the river and dunk them. Well, I'm going to wear my waders. You may want to get some rope so they don't get washed away. Yes, this is true. Bullet point C, what do we do with new people? We feed them spiritually so they become strong. We read God's truth to them every week. Because whether they hear it or not, they hear it. Yeah? You agree? Good. You better. You're on camera. You're going to make me look bad. Come on, Cody. You're all right. Bullet point four, my favorite evangelistic statements. When, build, send. Do I have to stop giving up pot so I can follow Jesus? No. When, build, send. You want to know the way it used to be in church? Build, win, send. Win them first. We need to win their heart first. All you need to do is love Jesus. Believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth. That's all you got to do. After that, everything else is going to change. That's going to be between you and Jesus. But don't disqualify yourself. Win, build, sin. Let's love them with God's truth. Everybody got that? Win, build, sin. Build, like build a wall. Win, build, sin. That's evangelizing. Somebody comes in new to the church. We introduce them to Christ. They choose to follow Christ. The sin doesn't fall out of their life right away. But because they have Jesus, they don't become sinless, but they sin less. Thank you. You guys are listening. They sin less. We build them up in the truth, and we send them. That's the church. That's church planning. That's evangelizing Christianity. We need to invite people to church who don't know Jesus, not steal people from other churches. That's not a, that doesn't count as an invite. Hey, uh, you happy at your church? My pastor's been asking me to invite people. I thought since you already know Jesus that you would do great at our church. That's cool. Can you play an instrument? We could really use you. Listen, let's love them with God's truth. That's how you build them. You win them and you build them by loving them with God's truth. Teach them God's word. That's how you build them. 
Let's teach them God's word. And C, let's evangelize with them in the streets. How can you evangelize with me at Lumberjacks if you don't show up for men's breakfast? You know that if we show up to men's breakfast for 12 months in a row, 8 a.m., we're bound to have somebody who keeps coming in there say, what are you guys doing? You think the waitresses in there don't know what we're doing? They walk by our table. We're talking about Jesus and the church all the time. There's people sitting in there. I've noticed some people that I've seen come in and have breakfast on the first Saturday of the month with their wives. I see them because I'm paying attention to them. Same people every month. That's how we evangelize. That's right. we're, we're, we're not evangelizing right now. We're sitting here being fed spiritually. We have work to do. It's time to rise up. Remember I told you, whatever it is where you're at in your life today, wherever you're at with your walk with Christ, Whatever thing that you're holding, whatever fatty you're holding on to that you and Jesus are going to work out, whatever that is this year, you're going to rise up this year one notch minimal. I'm going to sound like a dad. Do you hear me? Do you got me? I got you. We're going to rise up one notch, everybody. Minimal, one notch. At the end of this year, I don't want to see you sitting here in the exact same seat. With the exact same attitude and the exact same knowledge and the exact same faith. I want to see you up a notch. And we need to invite. Are you going to invite somebody next week? Me? Yes. I'll try. Good. I have one more seat in my car. <laughs> one more seat in your car. Javier, are you going to invite somebody? I'll definitely try. Alright. Just do it. Just do it. Guys, Nike. Come on. Who's got Nikes in here? Oh, here's a Nike guy. Socks. He's got his shovel socks on. Listen, we're going to close, guys. It's 10 after 11. I know you all want to get home and get lunch. Um, we're about to start a seven-week series. I'm um, putting together. It's part of our Rise Up series. We're going to go through some lessons. Um, I've kind of planned them out in my head. And uh, we're going to start them. Now, listen, uh, we're going to close with uh, January 29th. Let me talk to you about the importance of the Gideons, guys. Gideons, Gideons, Gideons. Gideons International, just like Kelly said, anytime you go to a hotel and you were all alone or you were traveling or you shouldn't have been staying in the hotel and you opened up the, the, the desk drawer and there was a Bible in there provided by the Gideons. The president of the Northern California chapter is Jim Geyser. I don't know if you guys know him. He owns Geyser Pets right here in Yuba City. John, John Geyser, yeah, he owns, so he's like the president of Gideon uh, locally, and then also Jim Weintraub, who BB and I have had breakfast with, we've met with him a couple times, Jim Weintraub is our local Yuba City rep, they will both be here on the 29th, they're going to talk about Gideon, they're going to ask us to give, so be prepared, you want to sow into the kingdom, these guys are coming on the 29th, show up, be a part, listen, hear what they have to say, Yes. They're going to ask us to give on top. And you want to know something? In your heart, we should, we should consider that now. Start to contemplate giving something to Gideon. Because you're basically putting money towards making sure a Bible ends up in a hotel in a country where it may not be allowed. Or you're going to make sure that a Bible ends up in a teenager's hand in a high school in a bad part of town. That's what we're doing. We're sewing into that. So they're coming on the 29th, guys. So let's show up. Let's support them for that. 21 days of prayer and fast starts tomorrow. Every time that you think about whatever it is you've given up, it's time to pray. 
Every time you think about what it is you've given up, it's a great time to pray. We're going to pray for this church. We're going to pray for you as a body. We're going to pray for the pastor. We're going to pray for our worship team. We're going to pray for our building. We're going to pray over our church. We're going to pray over children's church, our, young, our youth, our young adult ministries. We're going to pray over all our ministries. Uh, Foursquare has a packet. Uh, if you didn't have information about uh, about that, see Dale. Well, I can't make copies today. Can't make copies today? <laughs> but they, it, it is online, and you can check it online every day. You can find your phone or on computer. Yeah, and if you follow Facebook or any of that, we were going to put up our Contagious Oasis uh QR code today, but we're not. It'll be next week. So, um, anyways, guys, uh, keep these things in mind. Okay? 21 days of prayer and fast starts tomorrow. If you're on Facebook or you go to Foursquare's website, uh, they'll give you things to pray for, and we're going to be praying for our church, praying for our community, praying for us as a whole. And so that's what I want to encourage you guys. And with that, let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this church body, Lord. I thank you for the I thank you for the tools that you've given us, Lord, the people that you've brought here, Lord. I thank you for everything that you do, Lord. We thank you in advance for what you're going to continue to do in our church, Lord. We thank you that this year is going to be the year that we all rise up, Lord, that we all create momentum in our lives, Lord. We pray this. I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you this, Lord. I'm counting on you for this, Lord. I've been dependent on you many years of my life, Lord. And right now I'm depending on you to do something in this church that's going to open up everybody's eyes and say, wow, God is really doing something here, Lord. I don't want them to say it, Lord. I want them to believe it. Lord, I thank you in advance for everything you're going to continue to do, Lord. I pray over everybody here as they go home today, Lord. I pray over their 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, that you, that you help them uh, see, Lord, that they need to be dependent on you, Lord, and not what it is in their life that they think is feeding them, Lord. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for helping me today, buddy.